welcome to a Gem of a Secret podcast. My name's Donatella, my secrets. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. How you doing tonight, Coco? I'm one cloud deep, and so she's feeling frisky. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if frisky is an actual thing that white clouds do to me, but she's feeling frisky. I uh, smoked a blurnt. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just going to be making up words on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it journey. wasn't a blunt, it was a blurnt. Um, <laughs> I haven't decided the difference yet inside my head, but this was definitely a blurnt and not a blunt. Oh, I wanted to ask you, how is your bike? It's lovely, it's fast. Um, well, tell people what you got. I got an electric bike. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. It's very fast. It um, zooms me around really quick, and I like it better than the scooter. It's more comfortable. I feel like it's going to be more efficient to get to work when we move to the lo- new location. And um, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, it, it it looks really big and scary. It's very big and somewhat scary, but I'm getting used to it. But she also like built it to I herself. Did. Yeah. Like yeah. it came well, in like this just big box of just pieces. And it was like here assemble it. And then I had to have Adam tighten all the pieces because I'm apparently frail and weak. And <laughs> he's like actually I just have like better hand strength than most people and it's genetic. And I was like, "Oh, cool. Cool. Whatever." <laughs> like my husband tells people. Um, so Donna, what are you uh, wearing uh this evening well it's it's funny that you mention that uh my my electric bike because i am actually uh just dressed as a bike i was wondering what the handlebars (laughs) and i was kind of alarmed by that i am i i am literally the village bicycle tonight (laughs) everyone gets a ride Yay. <laughs> what about yourself? Um, well, now, as people and my mom probably feels, they're like, oh, my son drinks too much. Um, <laughs> I I have now collected all the white claws that were around the house, and I have made a dress out of the white claws. Mm. Um, watermelon is my bust area, and then all beneath my feet is lemon because it's the garbage flavor. Um, yeah. Garbage flavor, the lemon. I just don't like lemon. It's just not fun. Yeah, I recall it being a bad flavor it's when I drank flavor. so long ago. Yeah, it's not the greatest flavor. So long ago. It has been a long time. I mean, it, it really hasn't. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I'm going on seven months, so. Congratulations. Yeah, or I just passed seven months. I'm going on eight months. Oh, gosh, it's like, it feels weird. Um, <laughs> time is just going by, yeah. Um, but I'm excited for the time when I can say it's been a year. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, that's super exciting. Um, the only other update that I have, listeners, is that, um, in my life right now, um, I'm still getting ready for Trash Gummies at the end of the month with the Vixen, but I'm also getting ready for my cruise here in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so there will definitely be like pre-recorded episodes where it's going to sound like I'm here, but I'm not actually going to be here. Yeah. That'll be fun. Um, but I'm super excited for that, and it's coming up soon. Uh, but before I get into two more things, I need to ask Donna, how are you doing this evening? Oh, Coco. I will let you know after this brief... It's a podcast with Coco and Donatella podcast. Tune into what they tell you podcast with Coco and Donatella podcast. Well, Coco, I'm feeling a little emotional and you want to know why? Why? Because we have one of the very best entertainers, producers, the producer of Drama Camp with us tonight. Rogue Storm Safari. Hey, Rogue. How are you? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing really well. I'm happy that you're here. 
Yeah, I'm excited for you to be here. Yeah, I haven't got to talk to you in a long time, so it's nice to, like, hear your voice and just have a conversation on our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's been a while. Like, I think the last time we actually got to talk just a bit on our little hike (laughs) was at the Rooster Rock. The Rooster Rock, one of my few public appearances. I've I've become quite the recluse. (laughs) Oh, you look so good. I'll I'll have to post a picture Uh, from that night. (laughs) Shut up. You look so good. It was so crazy. She was, like, wearing the stupid-ass hair that made her look awesome. It was, like, cut thing. My mullet, yeah. The mullet with the hair. It was just really great. I'll post a picture so that our listeners can see it. So, (laughs) Rogue, tell us where your drag name came from and how long you've been doing drag. Ooh, okay, so my drag name is two things. Um, One, I absolutely love the X-Men, and um, Rogue is my favorite. Her evolution in the comics from being a villain to how they made her this down-home Nolan's girl, that literally, like, I just loved that transformation and how they use her powers. Um, I like to think that I take things from people whenever I watch them perform, and so I implement those things into my numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mostly Rogue. Storm Storm is, I think middle names have power, more power than people realize. Um, and so I, I always thought it's Rogue Storm Safari. I can only put my Rogue Safari on Facebook, but Storm is my other favorite X-Men, but their their character arc is also different in the MCU. It's too much to get into for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> but Safari actually came from a drunk lesbian in North Carolina. When I was eighteen, I went to East Carolina University, which was rated the number one party school in Playboy some years back. <laughs> Super, like, ever the, the quote was, we party hard, but we study hard, too, um, which was the T. But there was this lesbian, and obviously we it, I was 18, so I had a dry dorm, and I went to their dorm, and she was already toasted. And I said, hey, my name is Stefan, because that's my, my legal name. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Safari? <laughs> like, oh, no. No, 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 no. literally the next day was my first appearance like where i was gonna be like oh yeah no this is this is drag i want to try drag out and so a little 18 year old me was like let's put the x-men and this drunk girl together and what do you got rogue storm safari (laughs) oh my gosh i I love love that that. (laughs) that's so funny and (laughs) the x-men and this drunk girl (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you've ever heard zachary uh call my name out in public but he's always safari (laughs) and it just reminds me (laughs) Oh my god, I love it. Um, and I've been so, playing drag since I was eighteen. Sorry, I didn't answer. Oh, that. okay. So, I, I did. So, I, this is something that we didn't actually talk about in our pre-show. But Rogue actually does nails, and her business is called Safari Claws. Mm-hmm. Uh, she actually does a lot of drag queens' nails in the city, from what I remember. You've been doing it for a while now, haven't you? Yeah, actually, I've been doing it uh, since I've been in school. So it's been about. Uh, Almost two and a half years now. Mm. Wow, that's kind of amazing. And you have some good nails. 
You have some real good nails. Oh, thank you, thank you. Most of the time, yeah, folks fantastic. are just like, do whatever you want. I'm like, well, that's what's perfect. That's what I need. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, um, getting into, because like, I, I just thought about that off the top of my head. So, um, you are a Portland's premier producer of multiple different shows, um, but... Uh, more iconically, uh, you're the producer of Black Magic, which has been around now for how many years? It started in September of 2018. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. Local, That's awesome. Local it was the... where I started it. I went and I talked to Rick and then it's been history. That's that's it <laughs> yeah it was the first show i ever saw in portland was oh Black beautiful Magic. i didn't know that yeah because it was the one that coco performed in and oh. your show was the very first show i saw in portland at local lounge and it was such a beautiful display of queens of color and i yeah it's so cool that it's been going on for that long um, in, in the yeah. show obviously it was devlin lynn phoenix mm-hmm. shandy evans uh, Lexus Lynn Lexus, Phoenix, and, and I think Ellie might have been in it. I'm not sure. She might have. I don't. I, yeah, maybe it might yeah. have been Ellie. But yeah. um, yeah, that's who was in uh, the first that the one that I was in when I came to visit. Yes, and I remember March that. Ellie was supposed to be in that one, but she didn't make it. Yeah, it mm. was it was a really cool show, and I remember I heard like pounding upstairs and Devlin was like oh that's just Lexus just twirling on the ground yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) amen oh god I love her I miss her she quit drag actually yes agreed yeah but she's beautiful but um so what was it like when you first started this because I actually heard some of these stories but um, I'm going to let you share them um, for our listeners. What was it like, and what were some of the trials and tribulations you had to go through to even throw this show? And when you first started promoting it, what were some of the feedback you got from the community? Um. So, oh my gosh, Black Magic has been through quite a bit. Um, when I first started it, it wasn't... Like, I've told you this when talking about shows at Local before, but like I come in with a business plan, Um and I didn't want, like, I think that's initially where my issue started with everything is, like, I was treating it more like a business plan. Um, it was, it was like, I wanted to provide a space for people, but I have to have these numbers in order to get that space. Um, when I initially started it, I had a budget of $120 to split amongst everyone. Um, it was me, Devlin, Bougie... And Kimberly for the first one. Sorry, I had to go back for a second. But uh, Kimberly Michelle Westwood. Um, And it was absolutely fabulous. I don't think... Like, the one thing that I think a lot of people misunderstand is... uh, There were a few shows that were POC-centered, but not exclusively POC, except for Hot Chocolate. And Hot Chocolate, I believe, was once a year when I started doing Black Magic. So it was like, you know, I, I kind of want to celebrate black folks and other people of color more than that. Yeah. Um, and they're like, 
hot chocolate the level of talent with that was what i was striving for because it's just like i want i want that legendary number to hit the stage i want that iconic performer to hit the stage i want to celebrate the blackness that they work so hard for um or not work so hard for is uh, let me rephrase that they worked hard to put that on the stage mm-hmm. because a lot of the people that came before us didn't always have it easy and so it's like i just wanted to create a space where we could all have it easy enjoy ourselves, be ourselves, do everything that we wanted to do on any stage in Portland, but are always told, well, I need you to do this number, I need you to do that number, so on and so forth. Um, When I first started promoting it, it was... I mean, I was making the flyers then, but I was just, I was a novice little baby gay making them posters. (laughs) I was just like, look at it, and someone allowed me to put my little oh god I was so it was like a black and white cutout of me and like a fur thing that I made it was just it was a mess but it was so cute because there was such an outpouring of love um at that first show and that's what kept it going I think uh after that it was just like other people started realizing oh yeah no this is fun this is what we need this is like we're celebrating us let's go ahead and go celebrate yeah that I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so for uh, Donna's knowledge, because um, she wasn't there, so this last Black Magic, we actually um, moved it inside because uh, the like first starting attendance wasn't super cute, and then mm. it got a lot cuter, a lot cuter later. Um, yeah. But it was it's one of those moments where Rogue. I remember Rogue was on the patio, and um, we it was like me and Devlin and someone else. We were all just talking about it and. And Rogue was like, well, you know, guys, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, worried because, you know, like, you know, paying everybody and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And me and Devlin, it was just Devlin, actually, I remember. And we looked at it and we're like, mm-hmm. we do this show. Oh, it was Kisses. Kisses mm-hmm. just yes. walked up. Um, Kisses Ash, Diana Fire's track daughter. Mm-hmm. And said, they're like, no, no, no. We do this show because we have to. We This is the show we have to do. Mm-hmm. The show we want to do. This is the show that gives us what we need. Like this, this is that show. Like, so mm-hmm. we're like telling Rogue, like, don't worry. Cause it, for us, black magic is always just like kind of a party. Like, especially this last one, I was on stage with Devlin Lynn Phoenix and we were being the epitome of so stupid that yes. I was just <laughs> laughing the whole time. I was just like, yes. and like, and we finally got Linda Joe, um, who just moved from Milwaukee uh-huh. to perform, and she did everything and a half, and just made us all feel quake in our boots a little bit. And mm-hmm. I remember Devlin got up there, and she's like, "All right, she's a rogue. Don't book her no more. She's <laughs> she she's not allowed back." She's... <laughs> Amen. It was. So, I love was, booking people like that. It's so good. It was so fun, and it just so. Um, on this podcast, I just want to say for our listeners, like Black Magic will continually be one of my favorite shows it has been not just because it was the first show i performed in it really it just it speaks to my soul a lot and uh-huh. and it's gone from local and went to cc's for a while until cc's closed because of um covid yeah mm-hmm. and then rogue brought it back over to local lounge um and which is beautiful because it gave us that stage again and right now it's currently been mostly all just black people which has been cool mm-hmm. and rogue just recently started black trans magic oh, which immediately cool. follows which yeah. people are in love with that concept yeah. and idea and i just told rogue uh this last thursday uh, this last saturday that it is going to be now considered one of the recurring shows that happens at local yeah 
That's so amazing. So she has four now. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, she's she busy. I want to check them out when I'm back in the scene. Mm-hmm. I yeah, because it's it's such a showcase of excellence and props to you, Rogue, for yeah. for creating it. Really. <laughs> I, I I absolutely love it. And speaking on black trans magic, like that was Coco. You have to tell the truth about this too. Coco was like, "We need to do another show. We have to do this, and you need to put people." And I'm like, "Coco, you mean to tell me that I can do a black trans magic?" <laughs> and she's like, "I need you to." And I'm like, "Yes." Baby, I, I feel in my heart that Black Trans Magic is a whole separate show in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just it's not just black trans people, it's trans people of color. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think a lot of people realize is a large portion of the Portland community. Yeah. However, getting any of them to accept a gig, girl, I gotta I'm trying to get everybody booked. So whoever's listening. <laughs> It, 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 it's been a little bit of a struggle, but actually, she actually has Stephanie Dupont Shade hosting it. And the the last one mm-hmm. I went to, Stephanie, Stephanie had these like such heart these heartfelt moments with mm-hmm. audience members. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was really powerful. Like I I'm encouraging people because actually that show did really well its first month, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's done really well. It's just I really want people in this community, this larger Portland community. To come out for that show, that show will change your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when Stephanie was hosting it last month and having those beautiful moments of like, hey, this is, this is what happened, but we gonna get over this now. I literally, I'm just like, come on now. That is that black magic that I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. Like, that's what we need. That's, it's not that everyone needs to be on a stage like telling everyone, oh, hey, we over this bullshit now. <laughs> no. No, I believe that that is only the goddess herself, Stephanie, that can do that or Alexis Campbell Scott. <laughs> but my God, it's, it's it was just breathtaking to see just such love and yeah. reconvening of our identities together as a POC community. It, yeah. it was beautiful. It was. Uh, my final story about Black Chance Magic before we go on to Drama Cam uh, is I was walking inside. I told Stephanie, I, I'm really like, because everybody knows on this podcast that I identify as bi-gender. Okay. And, mm-hmm. I, and that show is for trans people, but people also that fall under the trans asterisk umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, focusing primarily on people who are um, trans. And it's, so I was walking inside and Stephanie said, um, so you're performing next. So I was like, no. And I was like, no, no. Yeah. And she's like, no, I put in a number for you. I was like, no, I'm not performing. That. And she's like, she's like, no, you are. She's like, you are by gender and nobody in this community ever seems to recognize that. And so you're performing next. I already told Adam. <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, and then she's like, and I went to the back of the room. I thought she was, I really thought she was joking. Uh-huh. And then my mute, and then like a song I knew just started playing and she said my name on the microphone. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this son of a... <laughs> you, had no, you had no choice in the matter. I was like, my wig wasn't even pinned. I was like, I was like, right. I'm going to lose my hair. <laughs> I, I, baby, I was already ready to go to sleep. And she said, no, you're about to get on the stage. She did the same thing to you she did to me. She said, I can't... <laughs> 
Adam's got your number. I'm like, what do you mean Adam has my number? <laughs> you know. <laughs> my phone I, number. My, what, what do you mean a number? <laughs> I feel like I recall someone doing that to me once. Um, I don't seem to remember. Oh, really? Really? You don't? Okay. All I'm saying is that what goes around comes around, girl. It, it does. It's, it's the whole thing. So... Um, before we move into drama camp, I have to say this is another just the uh, it's a compliment about Rogue. So mm-hmm. Rogue is a really Rogue is probably like one of the most valid one of the best ballad performers in the entire city. Like she can she takes home all of the available cash in the entire tri-state area um, <laughs> from doing a ballad. She and does. I remember me and Devlin were saying at this last Black Magic because Rogue never puts herself in the set like mm-hmm. ever. And then, like, Rogue will get, like, a cocktail, and suddenly she's feeling her black fantasy. And she's yeah. Like, do, she always says, I'm going to do a number. <laughs> and I'm like, great, I guess there's no money for the rest of us. And then she did a number. This last time at Black Magic, she raked coin. It was flying from the rafters. I was like, I didn't even realize there was this much money in the world. What is happening? I was thinking that while I was performing. I'm like, where did this come from? (laughs) Thank you. Rogue's like, I'm just going to buy a car with the amount of money I just made in this number. It's fine. I actually gave it to all the other performers. (laughs) I gave that money. Like, I I literally, like, took all the money I earned that night, and I was like, well, everybody getting 30 bucks, and I felt so bad. (laughs) Yeah, because it was a little bit of a down attendance just because we switched Mm. weeks. But um, to get on to Drama Camp, so Drama Camp is a show that Rogue produced, started off with uh, Diana Fire before COVID um, hit, was a show that started for the theatrical camp and comedy. And um, what's really cool about this is a lot of people don't know is that Rogue is actually a theater nerd. Um, she loves musicals. She loves camp and comedy. Um, she has so many dynamic numbers that go into that. So this was just a perfect show for her to produce. And actually, it's one of the few shows that kept Local Lounge open yeah. during COVID. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is Donatella was actually a cast member for many I months. I was before yeah. I quit drinking and stopped doing drag. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. It was definitely Rogue. It was totally my favorite show to perform at because I am also very theatrical and I love everything about drama camp because I love being able to channel my emotions on stage and have that authentic moment with the audience. And I feel like you and I can relate on that level because you you do it like tenfold though. (laughs) Like you you are so good at doing it. And um, I, I don't know. I just really, I've always appreciated that about drama camp and about you as an entertainer as well. And I also want to ask you a question. What were, so while Drama Camp was, like, while we didn't have a space for it, you were doing Drama Camp Live. So I kind of want to know what were, like, some of the challenges you had with doing a live show during, like, the pandemic, and then also um, with getting Drama Camp up and going again when things started to open up? Um, So during the pandemic... um... Whew, that <laughs> that's a difficult difficult question. Um, yeah. So I wanted to keep doing drama camp because I, I love drama camp. Like I literally am a theater kid. I've grown up doing musicals in random theaters and churches all across the South. <laughs> and it's just like that's a part of me. And so during the pandemic, I was like, we still need to keep this going. 
And I, yeah. I did, but it was also like, it's the same issues that I had <laughs> prior is just getting things in on time. Hmm. I think a lot of people, like we're talking about now, people don't understand I do a lot. I produce four shows now. I make nails. I'm a full-time computer science student who graduates in December. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. So it's just like, like when I ask people to get things in, that was always the issue with the with with COVID specifically, mm-hmm. but then after that, it becomes an issue of promotion. Mm. So it's always like, I think that's one thing that a lot of people misunderstand is like, as producer, I produce the event, I get everything together. I'm not a promoter, so <laughs> I pay I pay my talent to promote themselves, which is pretty much I mean. When you get on stage for five minutes, that's what we get. But it's just like, drama camp, I needed that to keep going. But I needed everyone to get everything in on time. I needed to make sure that, like, YouTube wouldn't take the video down. Like, there was so much stress behind it. So when everything opened up, I was just like, can we please, (laughs) please, I don't care what I have to do. (laughs) Let me do this show here. And it was also like this, it was the same thing too for Black Magic, honestly. It was just, I wish I could have had enough time to actually put Black Magic online, Mm -hmm. but instead I had to produce, or it's not that I had to produce, but I wanted to produce Black Pride. Mm. And that's what I did. So it was just like, the struggles are just making sure you get things on time, you make sure that YouTube doesn't hate you. (laughs) Yeah, oh my gosh, we definitely... Right, exactly. Like uh, Going forward from the pandemic, we... Kind of like, uh, I ramble a lot and I apologize. Y'all asked the wrong one for it. (laughs) Oh, you might want (laughs) to let people know that I ramble. (laughs) She rambles, listeners. (laughs) They're going to love you regardless. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Oh my God. But baby, literally just, um, I think it takes a bit for people to realize, especially in Portland, like I am a producer. Mm-hmm. I like to make sure that events are fun, safe, organized, and put together. And I'm going to have myself a cocktail in the back and watch it happen. And then hoes like to bring me on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That hoe is sometimes in the mirror, Rogue. <laughs> yeah, you no, know, well, no, because no, 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 no. You don't understand. Literally, there are people in the audience that come to the shows and they're just like, Rogue, why aren't you performing? And they scream at me. <laughs> 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 baby it's usually you <laughs> you usually I the do. one i do i actually i create space to like be like oh wow i wonder what we're gonna do next here <laughs> at the <this> show i do um i do want to just compliment you again and i promise i'm not trying to kiss your ass but i (laughs) i want to say um both with like black magic and drama camp your shows are really like a therapy to people and i think i always felt that anytime i performed at drama camp and i know that the like really amazing entertainers of color that are included in black magic feel the same probably feel the same way about that show as well and you know i just I want you to know that it really like enriches all of our lives to participate in those shows because there is like a certain magic behind all of the stuff that you 
put together and it really it's it's amazing for the audience and it's amazing for us as entertainers and I just want to say like thank you for doing all the hard work that you do with those thank you you can't hear it but I'm blushing beyond <laughs> I like how this podcast isn't really an interview it's just us telling Rogue how great she is it is honestly <laughs> like, it is just... and there's no problem with that this is a celebration of Rogue Storm Safari and that's okay <laughs> oh and there's the title <laughs> Oh my <laughs> we always we always get the title somewhere. In <laughs> I, well, cause it's true, and like I know that there there's some other subjects I want to touch on with that. But mm-hmm. Drama Camp has become a really cool show, and yes, I re- I tend to forgot I forgot that it was online for a while, and mm-hmm. I that was the best online video I ever made. I used yeah. it quite a few times um, because I realized that online drag is horrible um, mm-hmm. in the sense of how much work you have to put in. I, oh, I don't mm-hmm. have good video editing skills, um, and so that was really challenging for me. Matching up lyrics to my mouth was also really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, just all, all of it was just really hard, and there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of payoff, too, just in the sense of, like, um, not financial gain. It's just that, like, there, there was, like, this, like, era of, like, people just... Like, the first time when digital drag started... That's digital drag in general, too. Yeah. Yeah. When digital drag started, people were so excited to, like, have this outlet, and people were making money doing it. And then people were just like, oh... Like, they'd, like, turn in for the first couple of acts, but Mm. they're like, well, I'm gonna go order Mm -hmm. a pizza. And so I was super happy that what naturally happened with Drama Camp is that as people were getting really, like, you know, overworked with it, mm-hmm. like, the bars reopened. So then yeah. it was just like, oh, cool, we can go back to doing this in person. This is so much better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, although I think there is, like, a niceness to doing some digital drag, too. Like, putting yeah, there some is. Con- content out there definitely tests your skills as, like, a creative to yeah, do that kind absolutely. of stuff. It did. Yeah. Well, and I, it, well, actually, this is what was cool about it. I, I learned, as, as much as this sounds really self-deprecating, I learned that I'm really not good at video editing. Drag has a lot of skills yeah. that you have to do in general. And then digital drag was like, oh, by the way, those 30 skills you had to do to do drag, by the way, you need 10 more. Mm-hmm. And I learned that I just wasn't good at that side. And that's fine. But that's, that's, that's great. Fine. I learned that about myself. So. Right. That, that's what the pandemic did to us. We all had to learn something. And listen, baby, I love you. So much, but Lord knows, I was like, Coco's not a video editor. <laughs> I hate you, and we are no I'm longer. I'm honestly friends. not much of one either. <laughs> My very first one was good. I put a lot of time and energy into it after yes. screaming at a computer for a long time. But yeah, the rest of them got. I was like, I was trying so hard, and it just wasn't working out, especially for video effects. <laughs> oh, amen. And here it's comes Diana, was... like, oh, look at what I made. I'm in a green screen room by myself. And you can see my castle, and it's high quality. Did I mention 4K? I'm like, Diana, you're slaying us all. Stop. Oh, my goodness. So, um, switching gears to something a little bit sadder. So, one of the stories that you often share with people is that you were houseless for a really long time. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that experience? Oh, uh, yeah, actually, I think it'll help people understand me a little bit more. Um, so, in my family, we, I guess, I'll call it a curse, but there's always this streak of struggle, um, 
there's obviously you know a lot of black folks can't take care of their mental health like they should and so it's like that streak of struggle comes from that uh, i've learned sorry i'm almost 30 now and i don't know enough but <laughs> that's what i've learned um and i went to a coding boot camp in 2017 you know, I, I went through it really quickly. They expected it to take me like six months. It took me two and a half. Um, I thought I was I was I was on the way to to getting my six figure salary that I needed, <laughs> and then I started caring too much about my mental health because I had the money to do so, and the company that I was working for said, "But no, <laughs> we we need you to." not do that right now you have to work from nine to five not six to three and i'm like oh okay notice i said six to three <laughs> work an extra hour more than everyone else i'm still salary but they didn't they didn't care about that and so i lost my job my roommates uh which at the time unfortunately b was a part of those roommates they didn't care because I just wasn't making money and I was depressed, so I was drinking too much. They're like, you gotta go. And so I had to go, and I did. Went to go live with a friend. The friend said, your partner's white. I don't like white people. She was a black lady. Powerful black lady. I appreciate her and love her so much for giving me a place to stay, but as soon as my partner came around, she was like, nope, you gotta go, because that devil gotta go too. And... From there, I literally slept in my partner's car. I asked people to let me stay. For a few months, I stayed with Devlin, which is why I'm so close with Devlin. I think they saw, like, the worst of it all and were, like, there for me, which is why I have so much love and appreciation and I literally will go to war for Devlin. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I... And I, I don't think anyone knew while I was doing drag either, because I was still performing full-time. I was still producing shows. I was still doing everything while I was sleeping out of car. Like, I did everything on my phone. That's why I do everything on my phone now, because I had to get good at it. <laughs> um, I think it, just, it, it was just hard, because I had to, like, ask people for places to shower. I had to... I was at CC's literally from the time they opened to almost the time they closed just so I could have like a place to be and they were just like we got you girl it was hard and then when B finally moved out of that place um, and we got the place we have now uh, that's when I was like I need to do something. I want to like. I want to be in computer science. Uh, so I, I applied to a school that I got into when I was eighteen. They said, "Yep, we got you. We're good." Uh, mind you, during the whole time while I was like homeless, like B was the one also driving me around and letting me sleep in his car and like making sure that we got somewhere where I could have like Wi-Fi so I could talk to people and do something and like interact with people. And so it was like, I don't know. That was probably one of the lowest moments of my life here in Portland. I've, I've been homeless before, 
But it was never like that. Like, it was never... So rough, I guess. And I yeah. started Black Magic when I was homeless. Really? Yeah. I went and I talked to Rick because I was so desperate to have something that was my own. And, yeah. Wow, I didn't... Actually, I think... I think I may have known the timeline for that, but that... Thank you for sharing. Like, that's... Yeah, thank that's you a, for your vulnerability with that. Yeah, that's a really... My pleasure, my pleasure. Well, because there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that I think they could really benefit from that story, too. I agree. Because you have a lot of success in your life now. Like, you have a wonderful, loving partner. You know, you're about to finish school. You're doing well with that. Your shows are doing great. Like, you know, you're making money. Like, you're doing... Yeah. You're doing the whole thing you're really prized you're successful you just you um finished successfully completed your years miss sweetheart 32 yeah stuff like that like you had a lot going on so i think that that's great to show people that you know with a lot of hard work and perseverance like you know you you picked yourself up and that's awesome yeah yeah it, it i will i do want to point out though that it, it is also it it takes an understanding of realizing that it's other people too that can get you there. It's not you just doing it by yourself. I couldn't. Oh, pick definitely, myself. definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. A little bit of help goes support a long is way. so important. A support mm -hmm. system. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, and having good friends, and that's awesome for Devlin. And Devlin is one of my favorite people. And like, I got to hang out with her recently, and she really is like really kind-hearted and good-natured. Yeah, mm -hmm. and. <laughs> she also has a bunch of like her own little neuroses and uh is like trying to figure it out all mm -hmm. the time too but talking to her just she's just so human that's yeah. what i love mm -hmm. about her and i she does seem like the girls like oh yeah come stay at my house like yeah yep she yeah. good people it's not a, just about she's the really job cool. with her it's, it's like the job is the thing but it's also like when you actually talk to her who are you <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. oh absolutely Absolutely. So, yeah, thank you for that vulnerability. That thank was you. really cool. Um, yeah, so um, so we're going to get into our, our next topic of conversation as we get a little bit closer to the end of our podcast here. Um, how has it been um, being... What? So has your relationship been affected at all because of your drag? <laughs> um... <laughs> In the beginning, it was. So, like, before I became homeless and um, I lost my job, like, I started doing drag. I was going to Tonic Lounge. And my roommates were like, we don't want a woman to live here. I'm like, what is wrong with you, first of all? Secondly, I'm a person that does drag. Okay, my makeup is in the, is in the fucking bathroom. Jesus Christ. What are you going to do about it other than scream at me that my makeup is in the bathroom? It's makeup. Yeah. Where does it belong? <laughs> anyway, men that did not want to have a woman in the household doing drag, like at first some of them started coming out with me, and then they just stopped altogether. Uh, and then B was like, mm, I like men's. <laughs> I, I, I like the I like the beans. What is this? <laughs> what is this? And I literally I like it, it. It I'm not gonna lie. It took a long time, in the sense of like trying to explain like I'm still a person. Mm 
just because I put makeup on and a hair and outfit, like that doesn't make me less of a person. Mm -hmm. Now I've come into being able to talk about my non-binary identity, but it's just like, mm -hmm. at the time it was just like, mm -mm, baby, that's not the tea. Don't tell me that just because I do drag, I'm not good enough all of a sudden. Do you see the ones mm -hmm. that I got in my purse? <laughs> yeah, yeah. like it was so much and then he, now he's just like but I know that I'm in a relationship with the best drag queen so mm -hmm. what does this matter <laughs> I'm like yes yeah, yeah. B is one of the good ones I really yeah like right him. he's one of the he's good so ones yeah yes I still have my selenite wand gift that I got from when we came over to dinner at your place. <laughs> yes! Oh yes, I love it. I it's on my altar with all of my other precious gemstones that I collect, but yeah. I love that. I love it has the notch like a wand. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I told you it was like that. I call it the woo woo and I'm sorry baby, but he, <laughs> he loves the woo woo too. I'm like, "Yes, you better be giving these people the stones, girl." Yeah. I love, love it. Yeah, it's so oh, great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's good. I really enjoy his company. Um, so um, my as we get to the, near the end here, my question that I ask all of our special guests. Yes, the most really important question. Riveting question <laughs> is if you got into a bar fight, um, what three drag artists would you want in your corner and why? Ooh, okay. So Coca, I'm gonna go ahead and start the list off with you. I'm not going to lie, like, we have, what, baby, I think we're sisters, because <laughs> we think a lot alike all of the time, and I'm just like, oh, my God, okay, Coco, yes, Coco, come on, tell me the tea, give me that advice, honey, come on, <laughs> I would literally be like, Coco, what's going on, you better, you, you coming over, girl, um, <laughs> and then Takara Campbell Star. Mm. She is a sister to me, and I literally, like, if anything goes down, I know she'd be like, Rogue, what's up? And I'm like, hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, ooh, I, I don't know about a third one, because it's just like, you know, I don't know, I don't know. I'd be the type of person that's ready to throw down for anybody if they ask me to. I don't mm. care about which side you're on. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, the two, the two's pretty good. That's a good list. The two is. Um, okay. Stephanie also included Takara. Stephanie did include Takara. She did. Yeah. Because Takara is the T. Takara is a yeah. real one. Oh yeah. my god, I've seen her almost get into fights, and like she's just not the one to mess she's around so, with. She's so cool. She is cool. She is one of my favorite people in all of Portland. And I yeah. actually don't even know her super well. Like, I just <laughs> I just really enjoy her company. The The other common, the common denominator that people always say is either Atlas or Shaniqua. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I was, like, Shaniqua's my third, and then Atlas was also my third, and then Alexis was also my third. It's hard to decide. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know I would have all of their bags, but they'd also be like, what's up? Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I'm just wow. Yeah, those like mm -hmm. Takara's a good one. I yeah. really like Takara. Yeah. Um, do you have any other questions for Rogue? I don't. All I all I can say is that it's just been such a joy talking with you again. And um, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. You're a badass, and you're Thank such you. a pillar in this community. 
You're killing it. Thank you, baby. Thank you so much. Right, we, we don't want to make Rogue cry. So, <laughs> I know, I know, I've been crying all day, girl. I know. <laughs> what are your socials for the kids? Social media for the kids. My yeah. socials are Rogue Safari, no space, no underscore, nothing, all lowercase letters on Instagram, Black Magic PDX on Instagram, um, and then Rogue Safari on Facebook. Lovely. Don't follow me on Twitter because I, I, y'all don't want to see the accounts I follow on Twitter, girl. Oh, they're all same, Only fans has like become like just so much fun for me. Like, <laughs> not because I have one and produce content. Right. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Like maybe I'm not writing it off completely though. I mean, Amen. Amen. Journey, Amen. Right? Um, okay, so. That's good. So everybody, please support Rogue Storm Safari's show. She right now she has drama camp on the first Saturday, Black Magic on the second Saturday, followed closely by uh, Black Trans Magic Inside Local Lounge on the second Saturday. She's also starting a new show called Lip Sync Battle, which I think is going to yes. be on the. Mm. There's a Thursday it's going to be on. I think it's I think it's the second maybe no or the first, first Thursday. But do you know how much people want to prove they know how to lip sync? A lot. Oh, I mean, a it's lot. like it's like tempting me to come back. Yeah, yeah. A, I'm really, I'm really excited to see how that works out, and um, yeah, so that's gonna be Rogue's fourth show, is Lip Sync Battle at nice. Local Lounge. Uh, follow her on social media to get all the deets and details. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for coming on, Rogue. Thank yeah. you, listeners, for listening. Thank you for having me, and thank you for listening to my voice, darling. Baby, bye. <laughs> this has been another episode of a gem of a secret podcast. The hosts of HM of a Secret Podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Jim Holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Jim Holiday at Coco Jim Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at The Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is A-J-E-M of a secret podcast.com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at ajemofasecretpod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.